Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. If you don't already support us, you can do so by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you can click on one of our two friendly yellow buttons, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And thank you for your support. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Thursday, October 27th, 2016. know how I pulled this one together. A lot of what we're going to hear today is going to involve pregnancy, but not the kind you're thinking. <laughs> but not every segment. But I, there's a lot of pregnancy going on up in here, you know. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseboro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically and help you to think critically and help you slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of really bizarre, crazy things being said out there. And, um, you know, I... I, I, I've kind of likened it like this. How how is it that somebody decides what is a, you know a good sermon or the average evangelical? How do they decide? Oh, this is a preacher worth listening to. I'm convinced they're using the exact same criteria for deciding what to watch on Netflix as they are to decide how to determine, oh, who's a good preacher to listen to, you know? You know, who's hot right now? Who 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 is everyone listening to? And uh, is the person a good speaker? Is he capable of engaging me emotionally and, you know, taking me to the highest heights and then bringing me down to the lowest lows and then bringing me back up again? And, oh, the ride, the emotions, the laughter, the crying. Oh, it was just great. Uh, but the problem is, is, is that that's no way of determining whether or not a preacher is a good preacher or not. The question is, can he rightly handle God's word? Is he teaching the truth? Is he a good exegete? Does he teach sound, biblical, orthodox, Christian doctrine? Or is he, well... Scratching, itching ears and telling people what they want to hear, you know, that kind of stuff. So what we do here at Fighting for the Faith is we take the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complexes, those who we need to be listening to, whose books we need to be buying whose small group curricula we need to be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, that's oftentimes how that works, isn't it? And uh, we test to see if what they're saying squares with what God's Word says. In fact, in determining whether or not a sermon is a good sermon or a bad sermon, we really don't care 
and I mean this. I, I it sounds kind of awful, I know, but I, we don't care if the person has like amazing delivery chops. No, that's not the way we look at. It. We're we're looking at the content, not the theatrics. Yeah. So uh, let <laughs> let's talk about what we're gonna do here on today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. We're going to begin with a Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update. Yeah, we seem to be um, hammering on them a lot lately. And we're going to listen to the prophet, prophet Russ Walden, as uh, he gives us what can only be described as, well, a daily Christian horoscope. It's what it sounds like to me. I just, you know, we'll we'll play it and see what you think. I mean, this this sounds like a horoscope is the best way I can put it. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, you know we're going to uh, throw in, you know, we'll do a twin spin, if you would, of the prophetic holy orders network information exchange syndicate. Uh, we're going to head back down to Australia and listen to Izzy Digersigny as uh, she. I I don't even know what to make of what it is that we're going to hear. Some strange, creepy, really weird ravings. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we can call it the Stranger Things prophecies from Izzy Digersigny. And uh, somewhere in there we'll take a break. And uh, then we come back. We have a, a money-grubbing, and not a televangelist, but a money-grubbing, money-grubbing false teacher, money-grubbing evangelist by the name of Leroy Thompson as uh, he imparts the money cometh mantle. Yeah. uh Do you have the money cometh mantle? I mean, clearly I think that's what I've been missing all these years. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I think I have the money repelleth mantle. So some of you know what I get, I get, I get a witness. Somebody's saying, amen, amen. Yeah. I I can feel that right here. Yeah. (laughs) And then and you're going to note something here. You're going to note today we're going to hear a lot about pregnancy. Then we're going to head down to Lakewood. we got a Joel Osteen update to uh, round out the first hour. And I've named the segment. That's not the name of the sermon, but I've called it the pregnancy process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for hour number two, uh, we're going to beat our head against a brick wall. Head down to Venue Church. Tavner Smith, the vision casting leader, is going to explain how the detour... Is for your destiny. Yeah, the detour is for your destiny. So that will make up today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend that you make yourself comfortable. And um, in light of the upcoming Izzy Deger Signy um, update, that will be the second part of our Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate segment, I think we better play our standard warning and then we will get right into it. Warning, the Fighting for the Faith radio broadcast contains spiritually volatile content. This material is not suitable or recommended for those with itching ears or those dependent upon subjective emotional experiences. Fighting for the Faith is not responsible for feelings of disillusionment or disappointment with your man-centered, seeker-sensitive church. We are unable to compensate listeners for time wasted listening to their pastor's narcissistical sermons or serving in their church's redundant, ineffective ministries. Listen at your own risk. If after listening to Fighting for the Faith, you experience a genuine gospel awakening lasting more than five hours, seek the help of a qualified, faithful Bible-teaching pastor. Always take Fighting for the Faith with an open, English-sanctified version Bible. Results will vary. Use as needed. Some discernment required. You've been warned. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there. 
when I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare. I brought a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are, standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life, singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Singing roly bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Roly bowl a ball. Roll a bowl a ball, sing and roll a bowl a ball, a penny a piece. Oh, that's right, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> so we're heading over to the YouTube channel of Russ Walden. And uh, th- I received the um, heads up on Russ Walden from a uh, a listener who said, you, you got to listen to this guy. You, you got to add this guy to your rotation. So I went to his YouTube channel and... I realized I need to add this guy to my watch list. And what it is that we're going to hear, the best way I can describe it is this is, well, um, the Christian version of the horoscope. But the problem is there is no biblical Christian version of a horoscope. And we'll note the fact that Russ Walden is giving one of these uh, one-size-fits-all prophecies. And this is the prophetic word for October. And, you know, I can hardly wait for the November one. I mean, November starts next week, you know. But, uh, you'll, so this is a prophetic, um, <laughs> daily horoscope, and it's a onesie, one size fits all. Here's, uh, Russ Walden to explain. This is the breakthrough word for October 2016. The Father says that the 30 day trial is over. It is? <laughs> oh, no, man. <laughs> Oh, no. If the 30-day trial is over, I probably have to pay something. Because <sighs> usually the 30-day trial is free. You know, like when you sign up for something, you know, you know, maybe like, you know, the Adobe Creative Suite or something like that. You know, and, and they give you a 30-day trial. It's free for like the first 30 days. But after that, it's like 50 bucks a month, you know. Oh, no. God has said the 30-day trial is over. I can't afford it to be over. <laughs> We continue. The threshold of new beginnings has come into your life. Right. I am turning over a whole new chapter in your circumstance and in your experience. A, a whole new chapter, huh? Because the thirty day <laughs> the thirty day chapter, that trial period is over. Oh no. Can't, can't I just stay in this chapter for just a little longer, please? So prepare. Prepare for the pruning. Prepare. I don't want to be pruned. Pruning hurts. Oh, no. Pruning back of those things that have not served my best interests or the interests of the kingdom in your life. Be willing for some things to go by the wayside that have held you back and that have held you bound. You. Yeah, what would those things be that have held me back? <laughs> I'm just... Kind of looking at, you know, my life and circumstances and stuff like that. You know, um, you know, I come to think of it, you know, I'm doing what I love to do. I mean, pirate pastor. I mean, two fantastically great vocations, good ways to serve my neighbor. 
you know, I'm not even feeling like I'm being held back at all. Huh, okay. Will not. I declare to you that you will not be held back and you will not be held bound any longer. I speak release over you. You, you speak release over me. Talk, notice he's using the voice of the Father in the first person. Well, that's not creepy at all. This is like the YouTube version of Jesus calling, but it's the Father calling. Uh-huh. This is the day that the covenant of grace is being enforced in your life. The, the covenant of grace is being enforced now. It- <laughs> Was it not being enforced prior to the 30-day trial? You know, then... (laughs) It doesn't even make any sense. So receive the cleansing, says the Father. You have accepted limitation and setback at times because your heart has condemned you from things of the past. But I say to you that the past is forgiven. The past is the past. The past is behind the bloodline of Calvary. So no more cutting... The, the bloodline of Calvary? Huh? Self ...and recriminating yourself in heart over those things that you could have and should have done differently. Step over into your new day. The new day is here. The new thing is here. Uh, the new thing is here with the new day. What's the new thing? Notice the vagaries here, you know. That thing which was holding you back, the 30-day trial is over. The the new thing has arrived in the new day thingy. Okay. Right. Yeah, this is really vague. This is the that's kind of the problem with the one size fits all onesies, you know. Uh the prophetic one <laughs> really vague so you know it's kind of like bring your own circumstances to the prophecy and you know see if it makes any sense yeah uh right mercy is here my newness of mercy has found you and all is forgiven says the father all is washed and now you are clean you are clean through the word that i've spoken unto you so refuse make up your is this the charismatic version of an absolution to refuse to live in regret. Refuse to allow those who never let go to define how you feel about yourself or what you think the future holds. There are those who have determined that you will never escape your past, but I declare to you that you will go free as a bird from the snare of the fowler. So go and sin no more. Go and... (laughs) Notice again, first person, he's speaking in the first... This is a Christian horoscope, I'm telling you. Free, go and be cleansed, go and be washed and empowered to new life and new possibility. All things are possible, says the Father, only believe. This is your portion, and this is your provision. By my hand, says the Father. Yeah, you know, I don't know how I made it through my entire adult life without my... uh, my daily and monthly prophetic uh, horoscopes from uh, Russ Walden. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, boy, this is just instrumental in helping me navigate through, you know, the the current season that I'm in. I mean, hasn't this just opened your eyes so that you, oh, wow, whoa, yeah, now I know how how to go and what to, I didn't even know what any of that meant. I mean, it was nice that we heard something gospelish. 
But that wasn't a real gospel, and it really wasn't an absolution either. I don't know what that was. All right, so we're still under the Prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate, and uh, we're heading down to a Jubilee Church in Sydney, Australia, and we're going to be listening to Izzy DeGersigny. And the best way I can say this is, you need to be sitting down. I think this is kind of like a, a lead-up to Halloween that we're about to hear. Here's Izzy D. We're going to do a bunch of things. Jackie Ford, I wonder if you can stand up. I want you to come down the aisle about halfway. I need uh, somebody to stand behind her. Ryan. All right. So Izzy Degersigny has called out somebody from the audience. He's, she's apparently... Got to download that she's got to offload, you know. And Simon, stand, stand kind of on either side of her. And I, I, I felt like there was an angel giving you an invitation to catch a ball of fire. Because- what? An angel um, giving an invitation to somebody to catch a ball of fire? I don't know how practical that is. You are. You are are carrying an intense wattage of faith. And I could see this. It was like a spherical ball of faith that you were carrying. You're pregnant with like these faith babies. Pregnant with faith babies. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Notice there's multiple babies here. So... So this person's pregnant with faith babies. Is she going to give birth to a faith litter? Is that how that works? Everywhere you go, you're going to zoop up the level of people's faith. and I... You're going to zoop up. I think that's a technical theological term, zooping, yeah. See this river of faith that was coming out of you. And he's saying, Jackie, it's your hour. It's your time. And you have come back. With an impartation, but we want to even bless that in this house, and we want to bless that from here. So I just want to say, (laughs) take the fire, take the fire, let that be ignited in you. We bless and honor what you're carrying. And in the name of Jesus, may it be come to full completion. May there be full delivery, may it come to full term. And God, we thank you that no one can snatch the new things. Thank you. No one can snatch the new things, you know, those new faith babies. Yeah. yeah you really want to take them all the way to term and, you know, and then give birth to a litter. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I see you going to very hard territory and it's been cracked like. It's like from walnut to pistachio. I, I have no idea what that means. Man, I feel like I just had my ears cleaned out. Oh, man. Yeah, that's not a demonic cackle, is it? I feel like I need to call in the exorcists or something. You know, what is that? Really? This is the Holy Spirit speaking? I don't think so. 
I see you 20 years from now and you're going to look as young. And the Lord says there'll be a supernatural anointing on youth to the youthfulness of your body. Yeah, supernatural youth anointing. I, I could really use that. <laughs> I got the unsupernatural aging anointing from Adam and Eve, apparently. And it's just like everybody else. Your physical body, your health and your soul. An extraordinary anointing. To bring the youth of heaven. <laughs> Who wants that one? Oh, come on. Take that. That's coming. So if you if you want that supernatural youth anointing, just, you know, reach out and take it. Apparently, he, there's plenty of youth anointings to go around. Here it is. <laughs> supernatural. Fresh energy. Fresh energy. Fresh energy. Fresh energy from heaven. He restores our youth. He lifts us up on wings like eagles. And we swallow fireballs. For- <laughs> and we swallow fireballs. Wow, yeah. You know, every time I swallow a fireball, or, you know, even just Italian food, generally I'm needing a Pepsid, you know. <laughs> Holy, holy, wow. Okay, so Jane, come and stand like about halfway between the front and we right, She's calling Jane out to receive a prophetic word from the Spirit, yeah. Jackie's standing. Because that other one, you know, for Jackie, that was, wow, it's just revolutionarily life-changing, you know. <laughs> all the best, and all the best to you. And Leslie, come and stand. And Leslie and Ryan, yeah. Oh, poor Leslie. I, because there's a birthing in Leslie. Uh, poor, and now she, she's making Leslie pregnant. Because <laughs> there's going to be birthing things there. So, Leslie, you hold yourself now. Hold your drink. <laughs> and, um, Jane, you, you're literally going back. You are going back with twins. I feel like you're going to carry a double... Like a double sword. I feel like he's saying... <clears throat> Carry a double sword. In your womb? <laughs> Birth could be a little dicey, you know. I'm, I'm suggesting a C-section here, yeah. It's not so much a baby as it is a word. It's a, double, it's a double-sided word. And I feel you're going to have a fresh boldness to cut through the nonsense. I feel like he's saying... you're gonna- Yeah, if she had a fresh boldness to cut through nonsense, the first thing she'd do is flee the building. That's the easiest way to cut this kind of nonsense out. Cut through nonsense. You're going to cut through... Um- the, the self-doubting that so many people have had, especially the prophetic people, and, and a lot of women. I believe you're carrying, you're carrying a word in season for a lot of women. You're going to come with a, a, an incisive word that's going to release people from many, many years of baggage. Many, many years of baggage. An incisive word that frees people from baggage. I mean, wouldn't the gospel suffice for that? You know, the good news that Christ died for our sins, was raised again on the third day for our justification. Yeah, I think the uh, the preaching of what Christ has done for us is quite uh, amazing at freeing people from baggage. And I see particularly in the drum ventures that you're doing, that God is going to give you fresh um, revelation 
on the effects of drums. And I see you looking into the history of the... Fresh revelation on the effects of drums. <laughs> what? And different drums, different war seasons, different breakthroughs, different ways of, of playing. And you're going to equip people with the different ways of playing and, the, and releasing revivals as you play. Release. Releasing revivals while you play the drums. Why does anyone think this is from the Holy Spirit? The sons of revival as you pray, as you play. And the Lord says your drumming is intercession. Oh, so intercessory drumming prayers. <laughs> My wife would hate that if I started doing that. Would you knock it off? I'm praying, honey. Knock it off. I can't sleep. But I'm intercessoring thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> oh, man. I need, need a Q-tip to get that out of my... Uh, uh, that's awful. So, God, we thank you that you take her up like Ezekiel into the whirlwind. Let her hear the drumming. Let her hear the thundering. Let her hear the voice of the thunders that drum. The voice. <laughs> hear the voice of the thunders that drum. Uh-huh. The thunders are the voice of the drummers. And God, I thank you that you take her in the very heart beat of the sun. That she would hear the heart beating at different rhythms and that there would be divine release and divine outpourings in Jesus' name. God, we bless their church. We bless what they have done. Thank you that every person they have loved is loved right now. Thank you that every seed that has been sown will germinate. Thank you that every child that has heard your word, that has sat in the lap of the fathers and mothers, will grow, will be full grown. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Rashia Kabab. And we thank you for that. Rashi Kabab. Yeah, uh, that flagrant disobedience to the clear passage of Scripture that says, Ain't no speaking in tongues without an interpreter. Wow. This is not the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit, you know, number one, is not that ridiculous. Number two, yeah, in, in a non-lucid sense, you know, it's not out there impregnating people with, you know, faith babies. And, I, you know, and this woman's preaching, which she's not permitted to do. And I, you know, this is all just totally contrary. And then you have the speaking in tongues without an interpreter. You think if God the Holy Spirit were speaking, he'd be telling this woman, uh, yeah, Izzy, you need to sit down. You need to be quiet. And you need to repent. That wasn't me talking to you all those other times. That, yeah, that's, I don't know what that was. That was probably the own ravings of your own mind. I think you get the point. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at Fire Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Leroy Thompson. 
and the Money Cometh Mantle. Yeah, you got to get yourself one of these. And then Joel Osteen about being pregnant in the process. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. If you think God is a black woman named Papa, then you need to get out of the shack and read your Bible. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> Church would like to apologize to all of our listeners. Normally, we do parody here at Monty Python's Flying Circus Church. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances in the current miserable state of the church, uh, we can no longer parody the church because the church just parodies itself. For proof of this particular concept, uh, we now present to you um, the uh, Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. I'll tell you, three weeks ago, we did a Friday Night School of the Spirit. And we saw 12 people heal the word of knowledge and 40 healed doing the Holy Ghost hokey pokey. Let's just go ahead and do that and see what the Lord does. You guys okay to do a little Holy Ghost hokey pokey? Can you lead it? All right, Brian's going to lead us in the Holy Ghost hokey pokey. You can... Put your right hand in, put your right hand out. You put your right hand in, you put your right hand out. You put your right hand in. Your right hand out, you put it in and you shake it and you shake it all about. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put it in and you shake it and you shake it all about. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out. Put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. Oh, you put your left foot in, put your left foot out. You put your left foot in, you put your left foot out. Put your left foot in, put your left foot out. Put it in, and you shake it. Doing the hokey pokey, 
at first with the arms, uh, nothing, nothing real effect. But then as soon as I just start, we start doing the whole, we'll put your left foot in, your right foot in, both of my knees, you know, one at a time, I could just feel all of a sudden it's like there was no pain. I said, and you said, start checking yourself. I just squat down. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord, for new knees. In yes. Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Um, I've had back problems most of my life, and a couple of we- about a week ago, my back had gone out, and it was somewhat better, but it was still sore uh, up until today. And when we did that hokey pokey, and she came up and testified, all the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Ooh, shake it, shake it, shake it all about. You put your whole head in, you take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. And put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. And you shake it, 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 and you shake it. This is Dr. Curtis Lyons. I am the presiding pastor of the American Association of Lutheran Churches. If you are seeking a church that believes that the Holy Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God and accepts the Lutheran confessions because they are the right interpretation of Holy Scripture, I hope that you will take a look at the AALC. Also, if you are considering a vocation as a Lutheran pastor, Our seminary has a residency program and a program available online. This is Curtis Lyons inviting you to take a look at the AALC. Check us out at taalc.org or on Facebook at the American Association of Lutheran Churches. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that uh, the stuff that's being passed off as prophecy and revelation from directly from the Holy Spirit isn't. It's something different. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world, and you can partner with us. Yeah, that's right. It's a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you're signing up to automatically contribute, well, an amount that you pick. That's right. You get to pick your rank in our crew. We have four ranks in our crew. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. Master Gunner after that at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. It gives us a solid financial foundation month to month so that we can pay our bills, budget properly, plan our next attacks, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, the way you do that is by clicking on the Donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208, 
And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right. Next up, this is, well, a money grubber update. This guy isn't a, a well-known televangelist, but uh, he's his name is Leroy Thompson, and he claims to have the divine ability to release the money cometh mantle. So uh, in order to help us into this segment, that requires us to do this. I've got 90,000 pounds in my pajamas. I've got 40,000 French francs in my fridge. I've got lots of lovely lira. Now the Deutschmark's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money, you can make a splash. Quite as wonderful as money. Money, money, money. There's nothing like a newly minted pound. Money, money, money. Everyone must anchor for the butchness of a banker. It's accountancy that waits the world go round, round, round. You round, can keep round, your Marxist ways, but it's only just a phrase. For it's money, money, money makes the world. So we're heading over to the website for, uh, well, th- this guy's name is Leroy Thompson, and you can find him at LeroyThompson.tv, although I have not seen this guy on any of the television stations. But uh, he is speaking, well, about the money cometh mantle. I mean, does it feel like you are currently languishing under the money repelleth mantle? Oh, well, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know that feeling really well. And <laughs> so Leroy Thompson, oh, smooth operator that he is, yes. He is claiming direct revelation and impartation skills right from God, the Holy Spirit himself. And so he will be imparting the money cometh mantle for the, you know, the waiting people there at, at this event. Uh, let's listen in. <laughs> That's a bad sign. What you can't see is there are people literally clamoring up to the front of this venue and putting cash money on the steps of wow, yeah, leading up to the 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 stage. I think he, the name of his ministry is Ever Increasing Ministries. Ever Increasing Word Ministries. Okay. How about you? You going to praise him? Wow. So that's a praise when you give God like a, you know, Standing ovation or, you know, just an applause. That, that's a praise. A combination of things is happening this morning. Yeah. Uh, I was stirred in my spirit. And the atmosphere is conducive for some things that need to transpire. So the atmosphere is conducive. Okay. Oh, yeah. My atmospheric <laughs> discerning skills... Don't exist. I, I I couldn't discern whether or not the atmosphere was conducive for anything. I'm pretty sure of that. I my atmospheric discerner thingy is 
definitely broken. Uh, things that the father desired to accomplish mm, yeah. in the earth realm through a people. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it seemed like in a night meeting you can't get as far as you get in the morning meeting. Right, the atmosphere, you know, way different in a night meeting than a morning meeting, yeah. I think it's a different remnant of the people to tell you the truth about it. Okay. People who have sacrificed, took their vacation, did whatever they could to be here. And uh, I know... Yeah, that, talking about the sacrifice of the people to be there, yeah, I'm sure none of them can afford to give you a penny. And yet they're all giving you all kinds of money in the hopes that, oh, that you're actually hearing from God and that somehow God will grant them financial help because they showed up at LeroyThompson.tv. Yeah. Experience, I would uh, sacrifice. I, I, I won't take half of the meeting. I won't take the convenient part. I press so I can get it all. <clears throat> this morning, I choose to walk in my father's anointing. Wow, it's awful brave of you. Yeah, I have no idea what that means, but it sure it sounds spiritual. Yeah, uh, I remember the Lord. I thought it was Him passing the anointing to me. Oh, uh, the Lord said, "No, I've given you the self Sam anointing." The, okay, right, yeah. And uh, He, I'm going to use Him to train you in it. If I don't walk in it, it's gone. Right. That That's what happens with those anointings. Yeah. You know, if you don't walk in them, they just vanish into thin air. It's the strangest thing about them. Yeah. Yeah. My father died. Went home to be with the Lord and uh, had schools of ministers with him. Thousands of ministers. But it's something that you can't be training unless God give it to you. So I believe I can minister a little longer this morning because of uh, pacing in that type of anointing. Uh, that's what you experience just now in the praise and worship. It's not all wow, but you get to a pressing point where you start drilling a hole and you just stay with it. You don't, you don't lose it. Just keep working with it. Keep working with it. And yeah, I, I've never drilled any holes during praise and worship time at church, yeah. Um, generally, I, I don't bring any of my tools with me like that, you know, to church. The Holy Spirit can come. That's why the, the tension of the Spirit is so strong in here. Because if you know how to flow with the Spirit, people are ready. Right. H have you learned how to flow with the Spirit? I people are ready for it, but you got to know how to take them there. Right, yeah. I stand when this got happened, all I do is stand and say press. 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 Just to say press and, and that'll get people flowing in the spirit. I've been using those words for years. Yeah. Pressing the spirit. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. So where do I press exactly? I, I'm a little confused. It is by assignment to me this morning. I'm gonna minister the uh Wearing the money cometh mantle. All right, so you're you're going to be releasing the the money cometh mantle, right? Yeah. 
Not sure where that is in Scripture. In fact, I'm 900% sure that it ain't in there. Okay. I'm going to impart that mantle. Yeah. In this house today. All right. You do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely use one of those, but um, I don't think it's real, you know. I, I don't think this is actually from God the Holy Spirit. Why anyone would think that this is from God is kind of beyond me, you know. Today, each one of you will become a carrier of the apostolic seal of money coming. The apostolic seal of money coming. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm ready for such an honor, but okay. Things will begin to start happening in your life that you can't explain. Right, because the 30-day trial period's over. I, I already heard that prophecy, yeah. Because this morning, you're going to take, you're going to become a partaker of my grace. Uh, right, the partaker of Leroy Thompson's grace. And yeah, I'm sure his grace is really amazing. As you, I'll give you points. As you honor it and respect it, it becomes yours at higher and higher and deeper, deeper dimension. Right, yeah. I think he's selling magic beans right now. I, I think that's what he's doing. And you will become contaminated in the body of Christ. I've wow. Um hmm. So if they become contaminated, do we need to put them, you know, like in isolation and, you know, you know, really kind of separate them out from the rest of the sheep so that they don't contaminate them as well. Yeah, contamination that's a bad thing. I I look it up. You just contaminate. It it's a bad that's bad. That's really bad. In other words, wherever you go, that floor will go with you. To the degrees will get stronger and stronger and stronger. It has to be a pace setter. The Spirit of God is a pace setter because He can't give you everything all at once because you'll be out on the floor for the rest of your life. You just won't. But so He, you got to be able to train your anointing to take more. Yeah. Right. You, you need to train your anointing. Like a, like a dog. Right. Yeah. It, to go fetch, you know, more, more. Yeah. You got to train it. Okay. I ask you to train yourself to take more revelation this morning because it's coming at you. Train right, there's all kinds of revelation just coming right at us right now, yeah. Yourself to take in more anointing because it's coming at you. Train yourself to operate in more blessings because it's coming at you. Right, train there's all kinds of blessings coming at So you got to train yourself to start operating in, in more blessings. Right? Yourself to operate in deeper dimensions of grace. Because right, yeah, because you're in the shallow dimensions right now, I'm sure. That's that's why you haven't had the apostolic money cometh mantle yet. Until now. Right. They come at you this morning. I will salah. You're gonna salah. Yeah. You ever read that in the Psalms? Yeah, it means to pause and you know, think, kind of think and meditate on what you just read. So we need to salah right here, folks. Just take a moment and salah. I will pause in the spirit when the spirit, I sense the spirit, is stirring something up in this house. I will wait on the Holy Ghost. Apocalypse. 
Apa Kalista. Okay. I will let him have free course. He wants to teach us. He wants to uh, reveal apostolic standards in our midst this morning. Right. So God wants you to reveal apostolic standards right now. Yeah. Don't know what those are, but yeah, you, you can't just get those at any church. I mean, no. If you go to a church and, you know, all they have is like the Bible and like an ordinary pastor kind of guy, yeah, you where, you know, he preaches the word. Yeah, he doesn't get any of this apostolic money cometh mantle stuff with the anointing thingy that you need to train so that you can release and impart stuff. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to go to just an ordinary church where the pastor preached Christ and the Bible? You don't, you, you got to get this apostolic thingy, yeah. You aim for one of the greatest spiritual treats of your life. As we yield to him, as we yield to him this very day. The word of the Lord came to me and he said this. I- All right, so the word of the Lord came to the prophet, Leroy Thompson. I'm mean, sorry, the apostle and prophet, Leroy Thompson. Yeah. Can, I will, I have already set your blessings in order. All right, they're, they're all ready for you, which means you probably got to do your part, which means give lots of money to Leroy Thompson. And then you'll get the money cometh mantle. I, I, I'm pretty sure the only one who has the money cometh mantle is Leroy Thompson and his immediate family. My son has won the entire world for you. Notice he's speaking for God in the first person. Take your rightful place and stand tall because as a child of God, you have overcome the fall. Redeemed. I've overcome the fall. Wow, yeah, that's that's some interesting theology right there. Ain't biblical, but it's interesting. It is no longer a dream. Mm-hmm. It is real. Oh yeah, yeah. just because he says so. You are already redeemed. Well, yeah, that's true. Now the dream has become a reality. And what would the dream be again? Or he died and rose, as he said. Glory be unto God, for nothing and no one can stop you now. You have stepped off into the glory of my eternal favor. Lift your hand. Just lift your hand. Lift. All right, so I've stepped off into the glory of the eternal favor. All right, yeah, so I need to lift my hand. Apparently, I need to reach up and grab it or something. Okay. And, and say some things kind to God, like thank you, praise you, I honor you. What am I thanking him for exactly again here? Get a hold of that and listen at it over and over again. Let's pray over these. 
I will stand under the divine umbrella, keeping me in position of, I will never be broke another day in my life. Pray about that. Uh-huh. So you, you want them to decree and declare that they will never be broke another day in their life. Um, that's a whole lot different than, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, which Jesus taught us to pray for. Okay. Yeah, what's the standing under the divine umbrella thingy? Hear the lady speaking in tongues without an interpreter? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not demonic at all. In Jesus' name. Now say this with <laughs> In Jesus' name. Just throw in Jesus' name at the back end of that, and that'll that'll just make it Christian. I thought, wow, okay. So we got another affirmation we've got to say. Okay, what is it? Yeah, I don't want to say it uh, rambunctiously. I don't want to say it. Uh, I don't want to say it as if it's not real. I just want you to say this with me because uh, this is an impartation now. Right. He's imparting the money cometh mantle right now. So, I mean, you better say what he says to say and really mean it. Don't say it like you don't mean it. Don't say it rambunctiously. You need to say it the right way. This is in, th- these are impartational words here. I will never, I will never be broke. Another, Another day, day in my life. In my life. <laughs> well, there you go. Just that's, there's poverty solved right there. I mean, we need to get this guy up to Washington D.C. and uh, you know, just <laughs> everybody who's you know suffering in poverty and on public assistance. You know, they they need to have this guy as their you know welfare advisor. So that he can impart to them the money cometh mantle and will, I mean, he is going to solve world poverty right there, you know. Uh-huh. Now, here's the sad part. Um, God didn't give him no authority to say any of the words he said. He's just making that up. And uh, the people who are listening to him, well, they probably are broke. And they don't have the money to be sacrificing funds to give to this guy in order to receive the money cometh mantle, yet they believe that they're receiving it because, oh, I mean, after all, Leroy Thompson's a man of God, you know. But the problem is he isn't. He's a Bible twister. He's a false teacher. He's a wolf. He's somebody who's extremely dangerous. He's not hearing this from the Holy Spirit. He thinks he is, but he's not. And as a result of it, these people are not only being deceived and in danger of losing their soul in the fires of hell, They've already lost some of their hard-earned money, which they cannot afford to be giving to him in the hopes they've given it to him, in the hopes of somehow this impartational thingy being for real, you know, and solving their woes. Uh, But uh, Leroy Thompson, he's doing very well. If you saw the suit that he's wearing and the gold and the bling and the the really nice watch, I mean, he's really well-to-do. The one who will never be broke another day in his life is, well, Leroy Thompson. 
But then when he stands before Christ, you will realize the entire time he was the one who was poverty stricken and he'll have nothing to show for it. I fear what will happen to him will happen to the rich man in the story of rich man and Lazarus. Not a good ending. He needs to repent because he is absolutely out of line. He's not helping these people. He's fleecing them. Moving along. Yeah, time for a Jello scene update. When I'm feeling lonely, sad as I can be, all by myself in uncharted island in an endless sea. What makes me happy fills me up with glee. Those bones in my jaw that don't have a flaw, my shiny teeth and me. Yeah, that's right. Chip Skylark and shiny teeth. That means only one thing. We're heading over to Lakewood. As we listen to Joe Lostein, I've called this pregnant in the process. Uh, you'll get the point. Uh, here we go. Well, God bless you. It's a joy to come into your homes. And if you're ever in our area, please stop by. Be a part of one of our services. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. I like to start with something funny, and I heard about this pastor. He found a small box hidden in his wife's closet. He opened it up. There were six eggs and a thousand one dollar bills. He asked his wife about it. She explained how every time he preached a bad sermon, she put an egg in the box. After 35 years of ministering, he felt pretty good about himself. Only six bad sermons. He asked what the thousand dollars was. She said, every time I got a dozen eggs, I sold them for a dollar. <laughs> and not in this church. <laughs> Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. No, you won't. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Yeah, actually, you're going to stay the same because Joel Osteen's message does not have the power to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And the reason for that is simple, is that he's a Bible twister. He's an ear tickler. He tells people what their itching ears want to hear rather than telling them what they need to hear. He doesn't preach law and gospel, sin and grace, repentance and the forgiveness of sins. He takes biblical texts out of context and twists them so badly that they don't even even remotely resemble what it is that they actually say when you put them back into context. And so as a result of it, the people there at Lakewood are going to stay exactly the same dead in trespasses and sins, powerless against their own sinful nature and the temptations of the devil, and will continue to produce the fruits of darkness in their life. That's just the reality of what's going on here. But we continue. I want to talk to you today about prepared in the process. 
When Victoria and I found out we were pregnant with our first son, Jonathan, we were so excited. We- uh, notice he's not beginning with the biblical text. He's beginning with, well, the story of a pregnancy and his family. Called our parents, told our friends. Over the next few weeks, we started getting the baby's room together, moving furniture around. All we could think about was this baby was on the way. Six months later, Victoria's feet started swelling. Her back started hurting. She couldn't sleep well at night. Some morning she was nauseated. Suppose we went back to the doctor and said, Doctor, something's wrong with Victoria. She's gaining all this weight. Her feet are swelling. She's uncomfortable. Will you give us something to make it go away? He'd say, no, I'm sorry. It's all a part of the process. If you're going to give birth, you have to go through a season of being uncomfortable. You may not like gaining the weight, but it's necessary. Okay, so notice where he began with his life story. The story of a pregnancy. His wife was pregnant at one point. And uh, and there was a process she had to go through. So apparently this has like, well, eternal significance. We're going to draw a doctrine uh-huh, from his wife's pregnancy. Watch what he does. Can room for what's coming. Your feet may swell. Your back may hurt. But it's, un- it's uncomfortable, but it's not unusual. Without the process, you wouldn't be prepared. It's the same principle in life. Same principle principle in life. Okay. We all have dreams God's placed in our heart. Uh, Goals we want. Wait, 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 wait. Slow down there, Tex. Um, Where does it say that I have a dream that God's placed in my heart? I'd like to see that biblical text, please. That's right. There is no text that says that. Not one. What he just said is not true. We continue. Accomplish. We know we're pregnant, but too often we get discouraged by the process. Yeah, no, I'm not pregnant, and it's been a long time since my wife has been pregnant. In fact, oh, damn, 20 years. It'll be 20 years coming up in just a few months. Um, yeah, so where did he get this theology from? Oh, it's a principle. Ah, yeah, it's not even a biblical principle. It's just a principle. It's the same thing in life as it is with, you know... You know, when his wife's feet swelled and stuff. So you're pregnant. Did you know that? It's taken longer than we thought. We had some bad breaks. We went through a loss. Somebody did us wrong. We think this couldn't be right. I'm uncomfortable. But like a pregnancy, it's a part of the process. Right. See, as soon as God makes you pregnant with a dream in your heart, well, then, you know, your feet are going to swell and you're going to feel uncomfortable. Uh Everything you go through. Every struggle, every disappointment, every delay. If you'll keep the right attitude, that's depositing something in you. Oh, so if my attitude's proper, if I have a good attitude, that'll deposit something inside of me, right? Yeah. Where is this good attitude deposit doctrine taught in the Bible? I'd like to see that one too. It's making you stronger. It's developing your character. It's growing you up. Here's the key. You're anointed before you're appointed. Oh, yeah. I, I Apparently, I see. Uh, I've been anointed, but not appointed yet. Yeah. See, anointing. By the way, this sneaky little word there. And be very careful with this one. Jesus warned that in the last day, there would be false 
Christ's. You're thinking, well, I'm not claiming to be a Christ. You're claiming to be an anointed one. That's what a Christ is. A Christos is an anointed one. So notice what he's doing there. He's turning everybody there at Lakewood into little Christs. And they are all false Christs. There's going to be a preparation period between the time God puts the dream in your heart and the time that it comes to pass. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Where, where is that taught in Scripture again? I'm not familiar with that text. Just because you're anointed doesn't mean the appointing is going to come. It's up to us to pass these tests. Really? So, I mean, so you've been anointed. You got the whole dream destiny thing. You're sitting right there in your heart, right there from God. And, oh, well, now comes the tests. Yeah, the, you know, the rodents of unusual size. And there's, there's different, you know, quests that you have to go on. And, <laughs> in, you know, and then when you've passed, then you'll get your appointing after, you know, because you've been anointed and you're pregnant, right? To be willing to go through the pregnancy. The uncomfortable seasons, the lonely times when we don't understand it. We're doing the right thing, but we're not making progress. This is when many people give up on their dreams. They were pregnant. They were anointed. But because they wouldn't go through the preparation process, they never gave birth. They never saw the appointing come. So, I hate to use the metaphor, but I... I've got to ask the question here. So if somebody's been made pregnant by having God deposit a dream destiny thingy in their heart and anointing them, but they never give birth, is the is it stillborn or was that a dream destiny abortion? I, I'm just a little confused here on the theology because you're not exegeting a text. It's like you're just making stuff up off the top of your head and trying to pass this off as Christian doctrine. Everyone's there taking notes like this is what God wants them to believe. But none of this is taught in Scripture. In the Scripture, David was anointed to be the next king of Israel at the... Yes, and I'm not David, and neither are you. And just because he was doesn't mean that that somehow creates some kind of application for your life. Age of 17, the prophet Samuel traveled to his house chose David out of all the other brothers, poured the oil on his head. David was excited. It was a destiny moment. But what's interesting is after David was anointed, after he was given this incredible promise, where did David go? To the palace? To get his royal robe? To meet his new staff? He went back to the shepherd fields. He was anointed, but not appointed. He found out he was pregnant, so to speak, But he had to go through the preparation process. He had to pass the test of doing a menial task, taking care of his father's sheep, feeding them day in and day out, shoveling their waste, smelled badly. It was lonely. It seemed unfair. His brothers, who weren't anointed by Samuel, they were in the military. They had prestigious positions. Everyone looked up to them. So did they have an anointing season before they were appointed? Uh Uh-huh. David could have thought, I'm not going back to the shepherd's fields. I'm the next king. But David understood this principle. 
He had to show God he would be faithful when it wasn't exciting. He yeah, what text says that was what David thought? You know, listen, okay, I, I, I need to make something clear here, all right? My wife, from time to time, I'm convinced, expects me to read her mind. And I, I can't do it. <laughs> I... I'm awful at it. I, in fact, if she doesn't actually communicate an expectation to me clearly, just because she's thought it doesn't mean I'm going to understand that she's thinking it. And so, um, you know, we've we've set up some like you know rules in our marriage, like uh, expectations that are not communicated cannot <laughs> you cannot hold me accountable. for for not meeting an expectation that was never communicated, right? You see that? See, that's like fair. Okay. Good rule to have in your marriage, by the way. And, you know, you guys out there, if you're sitting there going, you know, my wife kind of expects me to read her mind too. Listen, you just need to go to your wife and you need to say, honey, I have got this terrible thing that I've got to confess to you. And, you know, and be really humble about it. And sit, and, and she'll go, well, what? What, what? what is it that you need to confess? I mean, it'll create a little anxiety, but you need to say, I am incapable of reading your mind and just kind of let it sit out there for a second and, 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 and say, I've tried, I've really tried and I failed. I even maybe watched a YouTube video on how to read minds. And I, I just, I don't have the skill. I don't have the ability. Yeah. You just, and, and so therefore, because of my total inability to read minds I feel that it's only fair that that you you well make concessions for this glaring weakness that I have, and that when you have an expectation of me, you're going to have to actually communicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, all of this is to kind of make this point: is that there's Joel Osteen reading the mind of King David, and the reason I say that is because what David's thoughts were are not actually communicated in scripture. They're not written for us. They're not revealed by the Holy Spirit. So either Joel Osteen is, well, the he, he really has like mad mind reading skills or he's just making it up. And due to the fact that he's a guy, I don't think he can read minds. I don't know any guy that can do it, not even one. And so I'm just saying, you know, he's reading David's mind, and no, no, there's no way. No way. I can't read my wife's mind. I bet Joel Osteen can't read her mind either. And so there's no way he's able to read King David's mind. I'm just just saying. He had to pass the test of being good to King Saul, even though Saul was jealous and trying to kill David. David could have said, God, this isn't right. Look at him. You've got to get rid of Saul. I'm uncomfortable. Instead, David kept doing the right thing year after year. He was anointed at 17, but he didn't take the throne until he was 30. Yeah, now notice, he's not actually reading a biblical text either. This is the Joel Osteen, choose your own adventure and important points from the biblical text, retelling of a Bible story, including the ability to read minds and tell you what David was thinking and feeling. Um, so he's not actually teaching what the Bible says. Hmm. It took 13 years for his anointing to catch up to his appointing. 
why is there no text then that says, therefore, when you receive your anointing, expect some delays in your appointing? And, oh, and get ready to pass the gauntlet tests in order to show yourself worthy to receive the appointing after your anointing. Right. But without those 13 years of keeping a good attitude, doing the right thing, overlooking insults, he wouldn't have been prepared for where God was taking him. God knows what's in your future. He knows what it's going to take to keep you there. You may not understand why it's taken so long, why it hasn't turned out the way you thought. Yeah, the reason why it's taking so long is because God hasn't promised any of this stuff to you. Now, now notice here, this is kind of a one-size-fits-all dream destiny thingy doctrine without any biblical text to even back it up. And so, yeah, what he's doing is deceiving these people. Deceiving these people, taking their eyes off of Christ and putting it on some subjective dream destiny thingy that they think they've that God's deposited in their heart, which equals some anointing. And there they are going, you know, you know, God laid it on my heart that I was going to be, well, a, 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 a fighter pilot. And I know I'm 50 and my eyesight's really bad, but I, I don't know why it's taking so long. Now I know why, because there's there's I got to pass a gauntlet a gauntlet of tests between my anointing and my appointing. So uh, although I got the anointing when I was fifty to be a fighter pilot and to fly F eighteen Super Hornets in the Navy, um, and I know they have an age restriction and I'm like way past it, but. This is the thing that God laid on my heart, and I don't know why. That well, the, now I know why there's such a diff, you know what delay. It's because I'm pregnant, and I've got to pass the test. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what really needs to happen is these people need to say, "Wait a second. Maybe the reason why there's a big delay, and these things aren't coming about like Joel Osteen has promised me like they would, is because he's been making this stuff up the whole time." And he hasn't actually been teaching me what God's word says. He's making promises for God that God never made. That's the problem. What do you think? Love to get your feedback if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith. You can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at Higher Christian. Quick break when we come back. We're heading down to Venue Church. Tabner Smith's going to explain to us how the detour is for your destiny. Yeah. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. If you want advice on how to have your best life now, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Pirate Christian Radio Theater presents Death of a Salesman. Are ye a salesman? Why, yes, I am. Can I interest you in some... You're listening to Byron Christian Radio. 
Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down, click on the ad banner, and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website, and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Oi, Captain! We got ourselves a heretic! (laughs) And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. What if, um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. <laughs> to err is to heretic. To R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Hour number two of Fighting for the Faith, sermon review time. See if you can figure out the theme for today's episode. Let's do this right. The good, the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via Venue Church, Chattanooga, Tennessee. The vision casting leader presiding is the hapless Tabner Smith. I do not think he could probably exegete a biblical text even if his life depended on it. So don't expect that to happen today. That's the best way I could put it. But that's the way Christians like it now. We don't want any of those guys who actually rightly handle God's word and preach the truth to us. We prefer, well, guys like Tabner Smith instead. They're celebrating their three-year anniversary there at Venue Church. And so you'll hear about that as we get into the sermon. So let me go ahead and 
back off on the music. And without any further ado, here's Tavner Smith and his sermon titled, The Detour is for Your Destiny. Here we go. Y'all ready for a word today? Come on. Are y'all ready for a word from God today? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be hearing from God, Tavner. That in order for that to happen, you would need to rightly handle a biblical text. I I just don't think you have it in you. Can we welcome our brand new North Georgia campus? Lo- yeah, they've gone multi-site there. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like making sure as many people as possible are infected by false doctrine as possible, yeah. Location, come on. Make some noise here in Chattanooga. Make some noise down there. We love you. Congratulations. You have grown and outgrown a building, and God's doing great things, and we are excited. Maybe we're not in the same building, but we're under the same vision and serve the same God. And do you know what? It's not just Shaliford and Ring. Yeah, the same vision. Not Jesus' vision, you know, of go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching all that I have commanded, proclaiming repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name to all nations. No, no Tavner Smith has his own vision, and there's... Now, two campi under that vision, but uh, thankfully, I'm exempted from it. We are venue, all of us, God, together, the place where something happens, and we're so grateful you're here with us. Anybody? Yeah, the something that happens there is called false doctrine and false teaching. Anybody watching online because there's 115 countries now that watch us every single week, and God's doing great things, and we're praying for you wherever you are right now. We got a word today. We got a word today. And he's going to do something. I want you to tap your neighbor right now and tell him, get ready. Come on. Come on, tell him, get ready. Now I want you to tell him, this word is for you. Come on. I think they need to hear that again. Tap them. Yeah, they don't sound convinced to me, yeah. That person that ain't smiling right now and they won't talk to their neighbor, make them uncomfortable. Tap them right now and say, this word is for you. Tell and say, don't forget it. Forget it. I love videos like that. I love videos where we can celebrate what God's done. I love videos where we can just look back and reminisce on everything that God has done and how good God is. And, and I, I love it. But here's the problem with videos like that. It's the same problem with Pinterest It's the same problem with Twitter. It's the same problem with Facebook. It's the same problem with Instagram. Here's the problem with videos like that is for some reason we choose to only show the highlight reel. And you see a video like that and you're like, man, how amazing. And oh, man, you just show up in a town and thousands of people show up. That's cool. Or, hey, they just showed up here and hundreds of people got saved. Or they just decided to do Easter at McKenzie and, and, and they just said, oh, we'll just show up Easter Sunday morning and whoever comes, comes. And God just brought people from everywhere. And you think, I mean, it's hard looking at a video or looking at somebody's social media account. Here's what it, it's hard to do. It's hard to look at that and wish, man, I wish I could do that, but my life is not that good. Things aren't going that well for me, but here's what I wanted you to know today is the interesting part about things like that is that we spend a lot of time celebrating the highlight reel and we forget that everybody has a behind the scenes.
Yeah, this is a line I've heard from Craig Rochelle, Perry Noble, Stephen Furtick. Yeah, so here's Tavner Smith just literally mimicking, copying, plagiarizing, if you would, other vision casting leaders in their sermons. And it was awful when they said it, and it's worse when he says it. And I think the danger that we've created in church is that we've created this platform where you give a guy a mic and trick everybody to think that he's superior to the one sitting in the seats. And what you think then is, I'll come cheer for this guy, but I don't know if I could do what he does because I'm not as spiritual as he is. I I see Pastor Tavner, man. They showed that picture and he was praying. He must pray 23 hours a day. And I just can't do that. Yeah, I never for a minute think that Tavner Smith prayed 23 hours a day. I think more prayer on his part might help, but yeah. But I wish, and maybe I should do this, maybe we need to do a service where we do a behind-the-scenes celebration video. Because you saw the new location. But what you didn't see was the staff that went down there and they worked from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. here in the office every single day just to get stuff done because they care for you. And then from 1 p.m. till 10, 11, 12, 1 a.m. every single day for the last six to seven weeks, they were there scrubbing floors and saying, you didn't see all the volunteers that showed up that had worked all day long and came there and they worked until in the morning and cut their fingers and maybe said some stuff they shouldn't have said and then, and then asked the Lord to forgive them. And you didn't see when the staff, though, that were smiling right now were in rooms arguing with each other from time to time because we were on each other's nerves because we had been around each other day and night for all this stuff. And you should have done it this way and I would have done it this way. And you didn't see all that stuff. And we didn't show that there. You didn't see. Man, I could just I could go down a list. Of the stuff you didn't see. And what's hard is, is when you don't see stuff and you just see the good things, a lot of times it discourages you where you are. Are you going to get to a biblical text? Some of you moms and dads, you ever seen that family of your friends on Facebook that their kids are great all the time on Facebook? Every picture they're smiling. And you're like, man, I wish I could get my kids to act like that. And we live this life. And we're down on ourselves, and we can't figure out what we're doing and how to do it. And I I got to thinking about that. And I want to just set you free today. And I got to jump into this. So I want you to follow me on the screen. I'm going to take you to Exodus chapter 13 because I want to teach you a message today. Exodus 13? And I want to speak to you on this subject. The detour is for your destiny. The detour is for your destiny. Because I understand that a lot of us watch a video like that and wish that we could have celebratory moments all the time in our life. But it seems like where we wanted to be and where we are, somewhere we must have hit a detour. It seems like, have you ever felt like you're going the long way? Have you ever felt like you should be there by now? Have you ever felt like your kids when you're on a trip? Are we there yet? 
Yeah. Um, when are you going to arrive at sound doctrine? Are, are you there yet? But I just wanted you to realize today, and I want to teach you something that the detour is for your destiny. I want to take you to, to Exodus chapter 13. I want to read you verse 17 and 18. It says this. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Listen to this. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. I know that most of us in our life are focused on the destination. Did you know that our focus on the destination is what creates all the frustration? Our focus on where we want to be creates the frustration about where we are. And can I give you a little side note? You might want to write in your notes today. I need everybody just to write this down. The destination is a mirage. There is no place called there. Because once you get there, guess what it's called? Here. (laughs) (laughs) Man, is this bad. Oh, this is terrible. Got a... Awful taste in my mouth. Anyway, um, yeah, that well, that's him trying to sound like he's profound. Yeah, you know, there's no there. The destination's a mirage because there, when you get there, becomes here. Oh wow, that's so deep, man. It's just gobbledygook. This is nonsense. And so the truth is, you will always be living in here. And I want to help your frustration today because if you can get the correct perspective on what to do while you're here and how to think while you're here and what God is doing while you're here, then you can erase this picture of there and maximize every moment while you're at where you're at. (laughs) What What on earth is this man talking about? (laughs) We're going to erase the there while focusing on the here. Is this something like Star Wars? You know, never focusing on where you are. You know? <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Does it make sense in this place? Y'all, no. Y'all going to have to preach better with me here in Chattanooga because I know North Georgia is about to climb over some people's backs down there already. Yeah, probably to flee the building. And I want to share two things I've learned because here's what I understand. I understand that we all grew up under this church system that I call religion that taught you if you're doing the right thing, then God removes all the obstacles. Can I tell you that that's the biggest lie you've ever been told? Matter of fact, the greatest way to know that you are on the right path is to count how many obstacles are in the way. And dream destiny thingy here, Doctor, and in, in, in play, just nonsense, even more of it. I would venture, I would just want to challenge you and say this. If you're on a path that seems real smooth, I would change paths. 
Because God's intention was not to put you on a path that would not exercise your faith, but it was to put you on a path where you had to climb up a mountain, down a mountain, speak to a mountain, swim in a river, dodge a... Yeah, you got a biblical text for all of this, boy. You sure do say, make me sound so important. But really, the scriptures point us to Christ, and you're not pointing us to him. And again, what text are you exegeting again? Bullet, put up your shield of faith, run, hide, do whatever you got to do. But by the time you're out on the other side, he's built your faith to a level that you can do anything. Yeah, I can do anything because I'm so amazing, you know. I'm preaching. No, you're not. You're twisting God's word and basically speaking nonsensical, useless words that have no meaning when it comes to the truth. On our third year anniversary. I'm going to share two things with you from a story that, 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 that comes after that verse I just read you. Because when he said he was going to take them the roundabout way, there's something that happened. is that they ended up with their backs against the Red Sea and an army chasing them. Not going not gonna to assume that anybody here grew up in church or knows the story, but I'm talking about the story of Moses when he delivered God's people out of Egypt and he finally comes out. Maybe you've seen it on the, on the National Geographic channel where about the ten plagues that happened and all this stuff. And then they come. <laughs> Maybe you read about it in your Bible. Yeah, the ten plagues are actually listed in the book of Exodus. Coming out in the wilderness. And they end up, and, and Pharaoh's army's coming after them this way, and they're staring at an ocean this way. And all the people are like, all right, Moses. Our life back there wasn't great, but at least we weren't about to die and get tossed in an ocean. What are we going to do? I told you when you come out of Egypt to take a left, it was shorter. You remember, Moses, when we stopped for water and the congregation got together and we voted because we thought we knew better than you? And we said, go right, because there's a place over there to go. And you said, we're going the long way. No, about you, Moses. Notice he's turning Moses into, well, you know, the brave vision-casting leader who, who has to face the rascally and evil church council, the people who... Well, they want to go back to Egypt, but well, like he set his face like flint towards the, the, the promised land. Moses, the visionary leader, you know, bravely and boldly bucked those people who didn't have the vision that he had. Oh, boy. Now here comes the army. What are we going to do? Because it seems like surrounded. I don't know about you, but I just... A lot of Notice he's not actually reading the text. A lot of times in my life, I feel that way. I feel like, all right, God, I voted with myself and I think you made the wrong turn. Because it seems like that would have been easier. It seemed like if you would have blessed me with that two years ago, I could have skipped a lot of heartache. It seems like if you would have given us this building for Shalliford last year, we could have got some lids off here and more people would have got saved. And I've learned two things. I've learned some things, and there's two of them. And I want you to, I want you to write them down because they're things that God has taught me through this process.
Uh, okay, so we're going to write down the things that God taught you through a process, but not actually what God's Word says. Yeah, the job of a pastor is to preach the Word, you know. And it's really helped my life, and it's not like I'm perfect, but I really try my best to go back to these things, and I want you to learn to say these to yourself, and I want you to write these down. Don't miss it. Number one, you got to remember this. My position is on purpose. What? Okay, all right. My position's on purpose. Got it. My position is on purpose. Let me take you to verse 1 through 4 of, of chapter 14. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by whatever that was between whatever that was. Yeah, you don't know Hebrew, do you? Camp there along the shore across from that place. And then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped. Yeah, if, I, he, he's not even trying here. He clearly has not studied Hebrew, which is something you ought to do if you're going to be a teacher of God's word and a pastor. Trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camp there as they were told. Moses, if you take a left, that's quicker. If you take a right, there's no obstacles. Head towards that sea over there. I'm going to take you to a place where you're trapped because I need you to be in a place where the Israelites can come. Yeah, I'm not Moses. Uh, neither are you, uh, Tavner, and none of the people there in your uh, seeker-driven uh, amphitheater movie thing, um, entertainment venue. None of them are Moses either. Come kill you. <clears throat> huh? What you talking about, Willis? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt that way? You want me to do what, God? You sure you thought this through? Because my Bible says this. You know what's interesting? I've noticed that all of this narcissistic eisegesis keeps people from rightly understanding what these texts are pointing to. The New Testament makes it clear that the children of Israel were baptized in the Red Sea. If you really want to get an idea of what baptism is all about, one of the pictures given in Scripture is of you being set free from the forces of evil, them being drowned in the waters of baptism while you pass safely through. That's what the typology is pointing to. He thinks this is all about you having your dream destiny purpose thingy and that that's somehow, you know, really what's at stake in this text. No, it's not. It's a picture of baptism. That's really what's going on there. And this doesn't really match up with where I am. I think the biggest dilemma that the Israelites were facing, especially Moses was facing, was that how hard is it to know that you're walking into a trap, but God put you there on purpose. I think the dilemma in our life is to get to the place where we would admit that maybe we're where we are on purpose. 
Because we spend so much time praying for God to rescue us that we miss the assignment while we're there. And what if we just came to the point where we realized maybe our position is on purpose? I, I go and I think about this guy named Joseph who God visited. Yeah, and Joseph is another guy whose life in type and shadow points profoundly to Jesus. ...in a dream and said he was going to do great things and he told his brothers and his brothers sold him into slavery. Threw him in a pit. They were going to kill him. His, one of his other brothers rescued him said, let's just sell him. Let's not kill him. They sell him into slavery. Then he has to be a slave in a guy named Potiphar's house where Potiphar's wife comes on to him and he is so faithful in his character that he will not sleep with Potiphar's wife so she lies and says that he tries to rape her. Then they throw him in prison for 13 years. Joseph, I'm, Joseph, I'm going to do something. I'm going to use you. Thank you, God. Then you get sold into slavery. Yeah, and then by making the story about you, you miss the fact that this story points to Jesus. I, I would just uh, have you listen to the uh, series we've been doing on Roseboro's Ramblings Through Genesis as I've been working my way in depth through the story of Joseph and just compare what you're hearing here. When you make it about you and some dream destiny thingy that you're supposed to be fulfilling, which Scripture nowhere teaches, it's not even a minor motif in Scripture. It's not a motif at all. Um, that <laughs> you, you missed the whole point. All of this is pointing to Christ and his saving work for us. Wow. Then you have to work as a slave. Then you get accused of something you didn't do. Then you have to be punished for something you didn't do. Not for a day, not for a week, not for a year, 13 years. Hmm, punished for something you didn't do. Hmm, that sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? But what Joseph may have known or may not have known is that every place he was going along the way, God had positioned him there on purpose. See, when we go through really hard times in our life, sometimes it's hard to admit that God knows what he's doing. And you're like, well, this doesn't match up with Scripture. That's not the character of the God I serve. But here's what we don't understand about us quoting our Scriptures sometimes, is we always quote our Scripture in the bounds of time. Uh, <laughs> huh? Well, God said he would work everything out for good, and it's not good right now. Why? So God's a liar because on your 24-hour time clock, it's not working out the way you thought it should? And God has to prove his faithfulness to you again and earn your trust back? Why? Because his scriptures are not working on your chronological timeline? What we got to realize about God is he wrote these scriptures outside of time and eternity and he is seeing your life from a higher level in a bigger picture. Uh, the scriptures aren't about me, whether or not they were written in time or eternity. They're about what God is doing to save us.
They point us to Christ and the saving work of God. They're not about us. And he's not wrapped up as one little dot of paint in the picture. He's the artist that has stepped back and seen the brush stroke the entire thing. And he said, yeah, I know you think I'm working on this one little area for too long. But trust me, I got to because it's going to be the focal point of this masterpiece. Yeah, says no biblical text anywhere. I mean, now let's just make stuff up and pin it on God. Wow. Uh, let, me, let me show you your verse, Proverbs twenty twenty four. Throw it on the screen real quick. The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Uh, th- that was Proverbs twenty twenty four. Which translation were you working from there? Uh, let's t- uh, take a look at it in the ESV. Here's what it says. A man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? That's what it says in the ESV, and that's helpful because that is a good modern translation that is attempting to faithfully pull into the English language what is penned for us in the original autographs in Hebrew. It's kind of the idea. But uh, I really have no idea where Tavner is going here. He's really all over the map. It's as if he's wandering in the wilderness aimlessly and and heading in the opposite direction of the real promised land, you know? I just don't understand, Lord. And he's like, of course you don't because you ain't Lord. I've never given you the job to be God so you don't have to understand. You know, when my kids are, they're growing up, you don't run out in that road. Why, Daddy? I know it's so if I train you not to run out in the road, you won't run out and get run over one day. You may not understand right now, but your lack of understanding is not going to stop my behavior because I see the bigger picture. I've positioned you on purpose is what God's saying. I got a plan. No, that's not what he's saying. For you. Here's, the, here's the deal. Man, I got a long way to go. I got to be on time today. When the Israelites left, there were three options. There was the shortest route. They could have gone through Philistine territory, but here's the problem. The Philistines hated the Israelites. And if they would have gone the shortest route, they would have gone through Philistine territory, and here would have been the problem. They would have been surrounded on both sides by two armies that wanted them dead, so there would have been no escape. Then there was the way that had no obstacles, which is where we want to go. But if they would have gone the way of no obstacles, after the Israelite army would have started chasing them, there would have been nothing in the way to stop them. And so the Israelites would have forever been chased and haunted by their past. The only way for them to go was through the Red Sea. Why? Because it's the only thing that could eliminate their past for the rest of their life. (laughs) He's just making up reasons here. Oh, I know what the real reason is. Nobody's ever said this before, but it's, hey, I've come up with my own. Oh, man, this is so bizarre. 
And God, in his knowing and having a bigger picture and positioning you on purpose, has said this. I don't want you haunted by your past your whole life. And so I have to pick the exact route so that when you get into the promised land, you're free from everything you went through. Uh Uh-huh. So coming up with a new meaning here to the parting and the crossing of the Red Sea. Nowhere found in scripture, but hey, you know, if, if... Tavner didn't talk this way, then he wouldn't be able to draw a large crowd Sunday after Sunday. Notice I didn't say he's got a large church. He's drawing a large crowd, scratching, itching ears, rather than telling him the truth of what Scripture really says and really means. God has positioned you on purpose. you got to get passionate about this. Bump your neighbor like this and say, God has positioned you on purpose. Come on, tell him. One more time. Say, quit whining. God's positioned you on purpose. Uh Uh-huh. Number two. Number one, my position is on purpose. Number two. Y'all got to help me preach right now. My position is not permanent. My position is on purpose, but you got to realize my position is not permanent. Right, yeah. Well, that kind of goes without saying, considering the fact that we're all mortal and we we live very short lives here in time. Okay. <laughs> I wish. I wish the devil was a man that could stand in front of us and I could give him a two-piece and a biscuit. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know why? Because you're a fool. Because he is the biggest liar there is. Let, let me show you a verse. Go to, uh, go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Throw this up. For you are the children of your father, the devil. This is God talking about some uh, Pharisees. I'm not saying this to you. This is God talking about Pharisees. I want you to focus on this last part after he describes the devil. The father of the devil. You love to do evil things as he does. Who? The devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now listen to this. The devil, he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. Right. And by not preaching the truth and twisting God's word to make it say and mean things that it doesn't say and mean... You're doing the work of the devil. The devil is a deceiver. He's a liar. The Antichrist is the one that causes deceit to prosper. And you are telling these people total narcissistic nonsense, not actually what God's word says. As a result of that, you're lying and deceiving them and, well, showing who your real father is. And it's not God. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I wanted you to know who God has described the enemy to be because I want you to know if God didn't say it in his word or through his Holy Spirit to you, then anything you are hearing otherwise is a lie. So the fact that the enemy is telling you that your position is permanent, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. It's his character and everything he does will come through a lie. There is not one thing that he could say, act, or do that would not be a lie. Because that's who he is, and he wants you to think you're permanent. But I want to tell you, that your position's permanent, but I want to tell you the truth. And here's the truth. I want you to write these two things down. Number one. No, if you wanted to tell them the truth, you would have been rightly handling God's word 
from the beginning of this thing that is supposed to be a sermon. You are not stuck. You aren't stuck. I know it's hard when you're in a dark season to think that the light never shines again. I know it's hard when you're going through a hard place to think, will it ever get better? I know. Have you, you, ever, have you ever been sick and had a stomach virus and it's nighttime and you feel like the morning will never come? You feel like the second where you feel normal again will never come. I know our seasons in life feel that way and the enemy wants us to feel that way like we are stuck in darkness forever and nothing's going to ever change, but he's a liar because God says you aren't stuck. The darkness is for a reason. I want to take you real quick to verse, verse 20 and 21. Listen to this. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelites camp. And listen to this. As darkness fell, the cloud turned into fire lighting up the night, but the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Why? Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. Listen. The wind blew how long? All that night, turning the seabed into dry land. The enemy wants you to think, that the light never comes, but God's wanting me to tell you today that the darkness is for a reason. Yeah, no, God would want them to hear God's word rightly taught, rightly exegeted, and God doesn't want them to hear the stuff you're saying because you're twisting God's word. Did you know every time there's a dark season in your life, it's not because he's punishing you and it's not because it won't end, it's because he's making a way out that he doesn't want the enemy to see. Oh, yeah, see, that's the reason why, because I'm twisting Exodus, and that's, see, that just sounds like a great reason, because the the one thing he's assuming, oh, this is all about you learning how to live your purpose-driven life the way Moses did, so therefore this is pointing to something to you that you've got to do in order to fulfill your dream destiny thingy the way Moses did. The problem is he's twisting God's word badly. Can you imagine this? Here's the enemy. They can see them. And if it would have stayed daylight the whole time, as soon as the thing started parting, they could have got a head start on the Israelites. But because God made it pitch black and they couldn't see anything in that season, as scary as it was for the Israelites, it was a protective mechanism from God to say, just hold on a second, I'm making a path for you. And I want you to know it may be scary and it may seem dark, but can I just tell you something? And I just want to preach this. The sun comes up in the morning. You need to tell your neighbor, say this, say this, say, get your head up. Come on. Say, get your head up. The sun comes up every morning. You know, I think Annie did it better. Yeah. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow. There'll be sun just thinking about tomorrow clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Annie did it better. Yeah. Every morning. I know it seems dark. But what if we celebrated the darkness because we had an understanding? <laughs> 
What if we celebrated the darkness? Oh, I, I got an idea. Hey, let's celebrate the darkness because, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow, you know. Understanding of what God was doing in it. What if we eliminated the enemy's lie that the darkness had us stuck and we celebrated that it's just a way to make the path? How about if you actually went to seminary, learned biblical languages, learned how to actually read a good scholarly commentary and stop twisting God's word, thinking that you've actually learned how to rightly handle God's word by mimicking and aping men like Stephen Furtick and nonsense like that. You get what I'm saying, right? I'm confronting the enemy's lies because, number two, I need, I need to tell you this. Not only are you not stuck, number two, what you have been through won't leave any stains. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Okay. Here's the other thing that was so terrifying for them in this little instant. It got pitch black and a storm happened. The Bible says that a big wind began to blow all night long. And I know that the enemy is coming to tell you that the storm's going to take you out that you're going through. So because God caused a wind to blow that literally pushed the water back, um, because God did that, that means the storm that you're going through in your life, you know, this is ridiculous. It is literally one absurdity after another, and the people there are clapping and saying amen for this. Oh, they are deceived by the devil himself. But what he doesn't understand, because he's in the dark and can't see what God is doing, what he doesn't understand that I want you to know that is the truth tonight, is that the storm came to work in your favor. Because I want you to notice in reading the verses, I think it's 21, 22, and 29. I don't have time to read them, but let me tell you what's happening. This is what the Bible says. That the wind did two things. The wind parted the sea, and the wind dried the ground. There was two reasons the wind dried the ground. Number one, so they wouldn't get stuck in their transition. Uh, no, that's because that's what strong, dry winds do. But here's the most important reason he dried the ground. Are you ready for this? Because when they came out of that season into the promised land, he didn't want them tracking the mud of the past in their new territory. <laughs> oh my goodness i i this is ridiculous why are these people not standing up and walking out they are being fed absurdities And I'm just here to tell you, I know that religion, I know that the enemy, I know that what you've been through is telling you that your past is going to hold you back, that nobody will ever forgive you, that you're going to be labeled by that season, that you're in this position and, and it's never going to get better and all this kind of, but I'm just here to tell you something. Yeah, you should be there to tell them what God's word says, point him to Christ, tell them that he's bled and died for their sins, call them to repent, to be forgiven, to trust in him, you know. Number one, it's on purpose. Number two, it ain't permanent. And the darkness and the wind are for a reason. 
And it's going to benefit you and work in your favor because when you come out on the other side, not only is he going to destroy everything that tried to hold you back, you're going to have clean feet when you walk into your new season. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm going to have clean feet when I walk into my new season. Well, that my mom will be happy about that. I'm, I'm just saying she used to hate it when I would track mud in the house. He's going to do something great. But I just wanted to share all that with you. That's not even the point I brought you here for. Uh, well, you haven't really actually made a biblical point yet. So um, maybe there's still a chance to land this plane without crashing it into the ground. I brought you here to tell you one thing. Verse 15. Because when they got their back against the wall, Moses started crying to God and said, what do I do? And then that's what I love the Lord. I feel like me and him would get along. Because this is what, listen to Yeah, I feel like you don't even know him. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Two million people trapped between an army and the sea, and he's like, please help me, Lord. And God's like, what you crying about? Then listen to this next phrase. Tell the people to get moving. And I honestly believe that the Lord brought me here today. And he wanted me to let you know that your position is on purpose, that your position is not permanent. But here's why he wanted you to be settled in that area, because I believe the main message he wanted me to say to you today was this. It's time to get moving. Right. Apparently it's time, folks. It's time for you to get moving. I don't know where we're going. No no idea what this even means. How do I apply this? Not sure, but we, we've got to get moving. It, it's time. That's the message that God gave to Tavner Smith to give to us today. Now, I can't define that for you because that means something different to everybody that heard it. But can I tell you the truth? You know what it means. Uh, I'll tell you the truth. You ain't telling the truth. And I have no idea what any of it means because you've been twisting God's word all the way. Wow. Okay, we continue. You've been waiting. You've been stalled. You've been whatever. You've been, uh, I'll do it one day. I could describe a million things. Whether it's something in church from getting involved here, whether it's tithing and giving, whether it's whether it's being a good husband and a wife, whether it's being a good father. Right, so I see. God's telling them they need to start tithing. Right, yeah, that's the message he wanted to give them. Um, yeah, Christians aren't under the uh, Mosaic Covenant command to tithe. I don't know what it is, but there are areas in your life that you know, maybe for weeks, maybe for days, maybe for months, maybe for years, God has been dealing with you in areas, and you complain, and you've whined, and you've not understood. But God told me to bring you to this message today and let you know that you are where you are on purpose. That you are where you are and it's not permanent. If this is what God wanted me to know, then why hasn't he just said that to us in his written word? Why do I need Tavner Smith to somehow read between the lines of Scripture in order to divine this direct message from God for me, you know? And his message to you today, if you want your season to change, because that's what, a, that's what an anniversary is. It's the celebrating of a past season and the beginning of something new. 
Uh-huh. And here's what God wants me to tell you. As No, God wants you to tell them what his word really means and to preach the word, and you're not doing that. As we celebrate what he's just done in your life, and he's getting ready to do what he's about to do. Tell the people it's time to get moving. Right. It's, it, that's what God needs. So get busy. You better start moving. Get to it. I don't know what that means, but wow, God said it. It's time to quit being complacent. It's time to quit doing the same old, same old. It's time to quit being okay with mediocre. Tell them it's time to get moving. Well, if God wants them to get moving and to not put up with mediocre, then maybe what God is telling them is it's time for them to leave venue church and go and find a real church with a real pastor who can really preach and rightly handle God's word. Yeah, maybe that's the application. Moving. Time to get moving. Can I be honest with you? Can I be real? It's time to quit coming to church only when you get benefited from it. Right? Because you get a t-shirt this week and you got a button last week and you got a key if you went to the last series. Can I be real? Are we in kindergarten? I'm going to reward you. You're going to get a gold star for coming to church. No, you're going to get a full life. A full life. It's time to get moving in your marriage. Quit waiting on God to heal it and get moving. Yeah, get moving. Yeah, you need to get moving. Start doing what you need to do to heal it. It's time for you to get moving in that addiction. Quit waiting on God to break it and throw your computer out the window if you can't quit turning it on. Right, just break your computer. That'll do it, yeah. It's time to get moving. There's a new season. Notice he's talking about sin there. And the solution to sin in Scripture is a crucified and risen Savior. And the call of Scripture is for repentance. To acknowledge your sin before the Lord. Confess that you were in the wrong and that he is in the right. That you have sinned and transgressed against him. And to be forgiven by the shed blood of Christ who died for you in your place as your substitute on the cross on Golgotha. Yeah, but Tabner, just throw your computer against the wall. You know, It's time for you to get moving. God wants you to get busy. Actually, God doesn't want you to be listening to Tabner Smith. If you are attending there and this man is your pastor, God really wants you out of there because he won't repent. He won't repent of his false teaching. You're being deceived and fed nonsense. And there's a fresh season, and God wants to do something. Could you bow your head and close your eyes across both locations? Done, 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 done. Man, this is really sad. This was the sermon for their three-year anniversary there at Venue Church. And Tavner Smith is a Perry Noble, Stephen Furtick wannabe. He is not qualified to be a pastor. He cannot rightly handle a biblical text. He has no clue what the Bible is about. He just makes stuff up to try to sound like he's profound, like he's really helping people to achieve their dream destiny thingy. And he's totally in the dark about what the Bible and who the Bible is really about and pointing to. And as a result of it, the people there were not fed God's word. They were not taught the truth. They were taught lies narcissistic lies, and they would have it be that way. The, the, the reason why they're going there is because this is exactly the kind of teaching they want. 
If they wanted to hear about Jesus, they'd be going to a real church. Something to consider. We're at the end of another edition of Fighting for the Faith. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Christian. Until next week, may God richly bless you and the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ is by Carrie's death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen. <laughs>